0: I always find it interesting because I moved. I moved to UK when I was twelve. Oh, so? Yeah, yeah. So I moved to UK when I was twelve, and I always find people's stories interesting, pe- especially people that moved, you know, to UK from another country. Mm. Because I feel like, obviously, London's a bit more, I guess, like forgiving. So where did you move to when you moved here? Oxford. Oxford. Yeah, straight to Oxford. Yeah. What was that? What was that experience like,
1: bro? It was. I mean. When I first heard about Oh you're moving to England I'm thinking what The hell is England bro and, and obviously it's... you couldn't speak English right No yeah I was learning a little bit yeah. um, I guess I guess it starts with like Where Kind of like how I started my journey I suppose It kind of starts there But like um, I didn't know anything of English My mum came over first She got married Yeah And then um, Then we followed Me my sister followed uh, How long did it take for
0: you to Move after your mum?
1: Um she was here for for i think a couple of years first, yeah, yeah, and then we came on like a six month visa, yeah, and then we went back to Brazil for like a year okay, and then after all our papers are sorted out, then we moved back yeah. indefinitely
0: I'm, I'm I'm smiling 'cause like my story is kind of similar obviously' just different age and stuff, but I
2: only
0: send you a mic. Huh? oh turn it on well yeah no nah, um so yeah, like similar with my like My mum moved there first yeah. Yeah, my mum moved there. Mine's on as well, bro. Yeah, see there you go, bro. <laughs> That's my man, man's all capping, but yeah, no nah, yeah, my mom moved there first, and then two years later, oh, I moved. I moved here with her. Uh, yeah,
1: yeah, man, it's strange, isn't it? Cause like. When I first heard about this England place, I'm thinking, boy, I'm about to step up and it's going to be castles and yeah. horses. I mean, we got horses in Brazil, it? so yeah. I'm, I didn't know why I was so shocked. At What's least I was thinking horses? that
0: because it, in, Americans think it's just tea and biscuits all the time. So
1: Yeah, no, I thought it was complete. <laughs> I, I fully romanticised with the idea about coming to England. It's going to be like flipping Swords and knights and all that all that <laughs> stuff because
0: that's that's what you saw on TV, you know. Yeah, and especially yeah. I think what you said you were seven, you know. And, and I think yeah. at that age in particular, it's like in, you know, I think as kids, like kids have like wild imagination. So, yeah,
1: that was proper like on that medieval, these men they don't have guns, nothing because I was in Brazil where all the police officers are strapped with guns in it. Yeah, so I'm thinking these men are gonna have swords, yeah. I don't know how, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it was like that kind of thought process. And when I got here, it was like. Nah man This is yeah. not how I felt it Do, you, do, you, do like you
0: go back to Brazil?
1: Yeah um, At first I started I was going back Every year And then it became Like every two years Yeah And then it became Every five years Because
0: you got more Adjusted down here and what, Was that thing Where like there wasn't Much to go for No
1: nah, it wasn't even that It was more so like The prices for The flights just got ridiculous And then so We couldn't really afford To go as a whole family Only the The financial burden Being on my mum To pay for everything Yeah So it, when she could, she would take us. And then, obviously, as we got older, we just started paying for our, ourselves. Um, but it became a, just a matter of, like, having the money to go back. Not only just to go back, but to also, to be able to, I guess, live.
0: Yeah, of course. There's, there's, that's, that's you know, people forget that there's, you know...
1: Yeah, because like we go back, and then, obviously, we have our, our family home that we stay in, so we don't have to pay any bills. But at the same time, it's like, bro, I don't want to go over there and just, like, be broke and not have any money. Yeah, just chill, yeah. And yeah, then, yeah. like, all my family thinking... Oh, but you live in England. You should be... Like, they think money grows on trees, is it?
0: Yeah, that, that's the thing. F- Listen, same thing in Lithuania. Like, when I was going back, I haven't been... So, I've been back this summer, but before the summer, I haven't been back for like 11, 12 years. But I used to go back all the time, every single year. People used to think that... Yeah, like, literally, like, in London, it's just like, there's trees go- growing, you know, yeah. money's just coming out trees, and it's just, yeah. And was,
1: I, sorry, I guess that was a, that was bad on my part to say that, but um, probably at the beginning, that was, like, the full process. Because mm. we were, like, the first people in our, in our household to like go out of the country. So when we came back, mm-hmm. the misconception was that, oh, we were rich. Um, but I think throughout the years, that misconception has been kind of cleared up. And we're like, nah. Because yeah. I get... I guess if we convert the money from England to Brazil, it's a lot. Mm. But at the same time, we're still having to pay for our lives here. So obviously, the rent is higher. Yeah, the cost, the of, cost living of living is, is higher. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, if you're just someone who's coming here to work for like six months or like a year and then go back to Brazil, yeah, you're going to be yeah. better off. But if you're living here, as I, like you still have to live. You still have to pay the cost of living. Or
0: would you say the conditions living here better than, than oh, Brazil, bro? Hundred yeah. percent. Yeah, that's the thing. Yeah, like, yeah, I, I, obviously, I haven't been to Brazil, and to me, from what's seen on media, I, I, I'm kind of scared to go there. Really? Yeah. It just uh, it just feels like there's certain things people can't do. So, for example, like I've I've heard stories. Like, for example, there was a woman who drove into favela by accident, mm. and then basically what happens? So, in the favela, in that particular favela, like they have to put the windows down so everyone knows who they are. Um, so basically, so someone ended up shooting her, and they took her to like one of the like youth work projects, and then they they got a oh. the medical because he realized he just shot someone you know like a civilian that wasn 't yeah, but the thing is they the the rules are they 've got their own rules in the favela down yeah. there, which is like you have to put your windows down if you 're driving through
1: yeah, I mean like with <clears throat> places like Brazil in it <sighs> you just you have to do your homework mm. or you have to know someone that knows the area because even myself, if I'm going into like Rio and going to the favelas, I'm not just stepping in just because I know how to speak the language and I can, I, I'm Brazilian, I can go into these places, nah. Because the, the community, they'll look at me and they'll be like, they've never seen this person before. So first they're gonna think, is he fed? Um, is he like, I don't know, whatever, like a mole mm. in the community. So they're gonna pull me up for questions straight away. Maybe not necessarily the community, but definitely the ones who are on the the gang side of things Um, so even like going over there like you just see because there's so many favelas in Rio it's like think of each one as like their own neighborhood with their own set of rules so even like some favelas you can okay which one can I go to Mm. which one should I go to um which one is the safest one because some mm. of them they're a little bit safer than others yeah and which one can you even go to yeah yeah some of them they're just like off limits like no you can't go there unless you're part from the community yeah yeah so it becomes really political and you, do, you without being from there you don't even know like mm. you're just stumbling in and you, you don't even know what you're walking into so it's, it's hard man but that can get
0: scary yeah it can yeah. get scary but you, real but you know what I, I do get like a really strong sense of community um, from Brazilian people in general and from the mm. stories I've heard from people that I've met there's always like a strong sense of unity, even with people that are like in, you know, gang members in the favelas, like they're always like together and they sort of look out for each other, which is, I think yeah. it's, it's, it's quite beautiful.
1: Yeah, man, it's, it's nice. I feel like, um, everywhere you go in Brazil, it's kind of like that whole unity feeling, which is something that I was definitely missing when I came to the UK. So like when I was, also I'm not from the, I'm not from the South. I'm not from like the capital or Rio or Sao Paulo or any of the big cities like that. I'm from a place in the North called Belém. Mm. Um, So when, when I moved to the UK or even when I was a kid in Brazil, it's like, okay, where it's quite normal for you to know all your neighbors and like your neighborhood and the parents and the shop owner and all these things. And you can go over and you'll just feel safe regardless of how dangerous it is. I could run up and down the street and I could feel safe knowing that I know where I'm at. Mm. When I got to the UK, it's like, okay, every single house looks absolutely the same. I'm walking around as like, I don't know anyone's faces. And obviously as a kid, I'm thinking, I'm not gonna know any I'm new. Mm. But as the years go by, you realize it's become like a normal thing. It's like people don't, your neighbors don't really interact with each other. Um, at least back then they didn't anyway. But I feel like now it's become more of like, some people try and get to know their neighbors, especially they're moving into like new places a little bit more. Yeah. Um, but it was definitely not a thing when I first got here. So I always felt quite isolated, mm. quite cold environment already in a cold country yeah yeah yeah. it was a bit it was a bit a very big culture shock to me
0: I think I think that's a really good point I I get a sense of like there's a lot of everyone's out there for themselves in in this country that's that's the feeling that I get I'm I'm not saying that every single person's like that but there are people who look out for each other people who's got values and and you know that sense of solidarity but there's a lot of people who are just kind of like just doing their own thing Mm. and people don't really care about people just the same way they do in other countries you know yeah, man, um, and I find that really strange, and and I think it's a cultural thing, and I think and and communities, for example, in particularly London, because it's super diverse, so there are certain communities you kind of stick together, but then outside of those communities, they don't really like mess around with other communities, mm. or some of them do, but it's, it's 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 more in a rare case scenario. So there is that sort of like divide, but I really appreciate the diversity that we have here, Oh you know? yeah. and, and I don't know how diverse Oxford is.
1: You know what? It's actually really good. um the mis- I feel like a mis a stereotype that people have from Oxford is that it's like this really big posh yeah, yeah. Harry Potter looking place, right? Yeah. And they get it twisted, like a big part of it, because it's owned by the university, can be like that. But if you venture outside of like the city centre of in Oxford, you find the community which is like you just think you're like you're rolling around in London or something. Seriously. Um so there is that. But because when Oxford's being advertised, you're you're seeing these big tall buildings, pointy skys- um skyscraper buildings that well not skyscrapers but um pointy, I say pointy wizard buildings or whatever yeah. um that makes you think oh this is posh, but that's only like one part of Oxford and then the rest is like yeah. any other town man I think probably maybe not your typical towns but most of the towns around England that's what it's like yeah yeah it's just a, it's just that one part. And the u- university eats up the rest of the communities yeah. in terms of like tourism. So that's when you go to Oxford, you're thinking, oh mm. yeah, Harry Potter. You're thinking potentially Bister Village yeah. and all those things.
0: Oh yeah, actually, I've been to Bister Village before. Yeah, that that makes sense. Um, you know what? Yeah, like I can I get a feeling that in the UK at, at the moment, currently, there's a people trying to conquer different parts of UK so you know, like initially London was like the place to go and I think slowly what's happening like other cities I've been to slowly there's more like diversity going to different cities and I feel, I feel like they're just trying to conquer it a little bit in, in, in a way which is I think it's quite cool so maybe I don't know like 50 years like maybe the whole UK would be diverse depending on how the, you know how it goes because, yeah
1: man I mean yeah. you know sometimes you hear about especially I mean I don't know especially because I went to a university in Leeds my bachelor's But when you think of like places up north, you're thinking not very diverse. Um, I want to say, someone for example, like Hull. Mm. Um, When I think of Hull, I don't, I don't think very diverse. But I've been there, and it is. Or like your, I'm trying to think of. I've it. heard
0: the whole Hole's a shithole though
1: yeah, yeah It's not very nice Yeah I've heard it's a shithole It's yeah. not very nice But it has been changing Yeah It's got like a big stigma Like Blackpool is also I heard it's not a very nice place I've, I've never been I've been, been to Blackpool
0: twice Oh my god Oh Yeah I don't think I'm going back there again Yeah I hear that Yeah
1: But yeah I think Things are changing Especially now that There's a big media boom That's migrating to North at the moment So mm. whereas The Pulse for media Was in London and it probably still is But because of the rise of living Everything's being moved up north Because it's cheaper for taxes mm. And rent and whatnot So all the media companies Are moving to Manchester um, So I feel like The spread and diversity mm. uh, The gap is going to uh, Decrease substantially yeah. over the next few years And i say next 10 years or so Probably So I've got I've got a
0: um, Potentially easy Or a hard question for you Okay Depending on how You're going to find it um, What's your favourite Life experience? Oh, I've
1: got, I've got a few, man. Um, I feel definitely once I finished university in 2015, I had the option to go straight into employment, right? to um, moved down to London, which was going to decide whether I was going to move to London or stay in Oxford. Ultimately, I decided not to. Instead, I decided to go traveling. So I took whatever money I had in my account. And I was like, bonnet, I'm going. Um... So is it like backpacking sort of? Yeah, I went backpacking. So I got to meet lots of different cultures, lots of different um, people, different foods, different religions, different sites. And um, I'm going to all these different sites and I'm just like, just thanking God for the Mm. opportunity of just being able to see all these beautiful places. And once I felt like once I was in a city, especially in the first world, like the UK, it's like everything's very civilized. And I, that's what I got used to it. Even after I came from Brazil, I knew how Brazil, uh, how the Brazilians were living, and my family was living. And then coming to the UK, everything was civilized. And then going backpacking across the world and seeing like all these different cultures living in completely different ways, mm. um, in the same sense of like unity that I missed from back home. And just seeing like these magnificent, magnificent like just places that makes you sit around and think. Ah man, this place is beautiful,
0: and it really puts life in context as well. Yeah, what 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 do you feel like he was looking for um, when he decided to travel? Like, was he searching for something at that time?
1: Um, you know what? At the time, I made a joke um, saying I was just trying to find myself, Mm. and I would make jokes about like, oh, I'm gonna go to East East um, East Asia, Southeast Asia. Find a monk He's gonna train me Kung Fu Or some of Shaolin Kung Fu And then I'm gonna be Meditating in the <laughs> mountains And eating off berries I think that's cool yeah. um, I mean that was That was just like a joke Of me making When I was younger But I feel The reason why I actually went It was just An opportunity mm. Whereas at the time I thought Man if I don't travel now I've just been given This opportunity to work If I don't go I'm gonna be stuck in this kind of environment for probably the next 10 years yeah if i go now my life's a little bit more open and i can i can kind of like start up again when i come back mm. so i guess it was more i jumped on the opportunity to travel and go place and meet new places yeah. and, and and see different things that i hadn't seen before because i was just thinking i'm not going to get a chance or i might not get the chance so whilst i've got it i'm just going to jump at it yeah I always, always find it funny when
0: people say, like, find myself. And I know I know, you said it, like, as, as, as a joke sort of thing, but a lot of people sometimes say, like, I need to find myself. Mm. And I've said it in the past as well, but then it's, it's funny because people don't usually look hair, like, they look out there somewhere. So it's either they need to go to another country or do something else or do something else, and they forget that to find themselves, they have to look here. Like, it's yeah. not out there, it's, it's hair, um, which I find it really interesting. But I think with travelling in general, like, I, I live by this sort of, like... Um, Theory of like you know the more I learn about the world, the more I learn about myself, mm. and the more I learn about myself, the more I learn about the world. So the best way to do that is through traveling. Um, I learn more about myself through being exposed to different experiences.
1: Yeah, and I feel like um, me being—I uh, don't want—I don't want this conversation to be solely about me being Brazilian and whatnot. But coming from a different country at a young age, I was forced to accept a different culture and grow up in that culture. Um, so being already kind of like open-minded to a few things was already built into me, um, just because it was forced into me. Mm. And so once, I've, once I finished school, even, um, I decided I didn't want to go to university. I wanted to, I wanted to go to America. So mm. I went to America, I lived in America for a while. Sick. Um, and then when I came back from America, I was like, let me go see what's happening in Spain. So then I went to Spain, stayed there for a while before deciding that I wanted to go to university and by this point I was already I'd already kind of like traveled around Europe you know doing holidays and stuff with friends and stuff like that so not really experiencing the culture as much as I was in these other places but still getting the basis of what it is to live in Europe. yeah um, So at this point like I had already traveled a little bit, kind of like ignited that love for me for going out and seeing new places. So by the time I finished university, I had already been through the most of Europe. I had been to a few African countries, Zambia, Zimbabwe, South Africa, mm. and a little stopover in Egypt. Um, you traveled quite a bit, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A, relative, a relatively good amount. So once I finished uni, it was just like, okay, I've got this amount of money, which was, wasn't was a lot, by the way, it was 1,500 pounds. And at the time, there was just a, a, a bombing in... In um, it was a terrorist attack in Thailand, mm. so flights dramatically decreased, and I looked at it and I was like, "Boy, I'm going to Thailand." It
0: was like that's perfect for 150 yeah.
1: pounds. So I bought the wow. flight 150 pounds. Next day, I was on a flight. Boom. Mm. Um, and I only had 1,500 to my name. I stayed out there for like four months. Not just time. So just to
0: clarify, was that at the time he was doing the backpacking?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, yeah.
0: Okay, cool. Yeah. And and you know what? Yeah, Sorry, I just want to get into it, yeah, because I feel like a lot of people mention the phrase backpacking, but I've never like been able to explore the details of it. Like, how does it work in particular? Like, what do people do? Like, how do they make the money stretch and all of that stuff? Because people talk about backpacking, mm. but I've never heard actual technical details of it.
1: So... I probably, I went into it with probably less of a plan than most people yeah. did. So you have, so you
0: have, so I'm guessing like you will have a bag or whatever with certain amount of clothes. Yeah. And you make that last, and it's like, I'm guessing like you'll, you'll find ways to wash them and.
1: Yeah, I mean the good thing is that, um, so yeah, you get the concept, you get a bag, quite one of those big hiking bags. I'm trying to fit in as much stuff that I can there as possible within my weight limit to take to the country, which I think is like 23 kilograms. Um, and the good thing with Southeast Asia is that they welcome backpackers. So the idea of hostel, I never thought about staying in a hostel mm. in my life. I just thought, I'm never staying in a hostel. That's where you get killed. Uh, but then, uh, and then as I was there, I just read, really bro, some of these hostels are like hotels. Mm. And because the, the money that I had stretches so far over there I could literally book in and stay in a hotel I can put in my clothes to be washed and then I was living like that hotel to hotel or hostel to hostel and you meet other people as well that are doing
0: same same similar sort of
1: yeah so from Thailand to Vietnam I met like a group of people who were kind of like we were sticking around the same journey for like two weeks Mm. so I met those guys and we just went traveling and then people who i still have connections with this day that being like seven years ago was when i went and it's just keeping the relationships man so i went from thailand to vietnam uh um indonesia malaysia that's so cool and i ended up in the philippines mm. before completely running out of money and that was like to a friend of mine who is from the philippines is like yo can i come stay at your house i've run out of money and he goes, yeah, my dad's because he lives in the UK. And he goes, yeah, my dad lives there. You can go to Manila. Mm. So I stayed in Manila for a week. And the reason why I ran out of money is because at the time, my family was going to Brazil for Christmas. And I thought, well, I'm not just going to be spending Christmas by myself. So then I thought I'm going to make my money stretch yeah, so I can get a flight to Brazil. So that's if it wasn't for that, then I would have had money to stay for a bit longer yeah, yeah, because of that. Then I went to Brazil and then I came back to the UK. So how
0: long did you travel for in total then?
1: Um, I think uh, I was there for like a good four months or so. Wow. Yeah. That is a really long time. For 1,500 pounds? Yeah, Bro, that's, that's crazy. That's incredible. That's incredible. I don't yeah. think I could do that now, to be honest. I feel like... Well, what's the difference? Conversion rates Imagine <laughs> <Yeah>. conversion rates
0: <laughs> But if the conversion rates Were in that high Then would you do it?
1: Yeah yeah I would. So. yeah. would That's I so, so cool man Like I went back to Brazil yeah. This year And I only took about A thousand pounds with me And I made that last For a whole month in, You know what
0: Part of me like I always wanted to do that um, But I don't think I will I just feel like There's certain things That I'm in love with In, in just, just living in London And just mm. Just sort of like I don't know man I don't feel like I need to go anywhere like I'd, I'd like to go to other countries and just visit more and you know travel here and there but I don't know I'm just not really like too keen on just seeing the rest of the world okay. and, and that's an interesting
1: How come? For them I'm asking.
0: I don't know I haven't figured it out. I don't know what it is like for, even when I go on holidays like I think 3-4 days in I get homesick like I really want to go back to London. Yeah. Like even if I'm having the best time ever like I just want to go back to London.
1: Oh, there's, something, there's
0: some kind of attachment That I haven't figured out yet and, and I'm still exploring Trying to understand What that means And what it is
1: That's interesting Because like, I think to me um, Just being fascinated By just other countries And other cultures And other sites It was like Okay I would love to You know when people Make a bucket list I started making A bucket list yeah. Really Yeah so, we
0: have Like a scratch map you know, yeah, yeah
1: um it was given to i didn't go out and buy it it was given to me <laughs> um, but i had like a bucket list and one of them is just to see all the um, natural wonders of the world mm. and so i'm still scratching that off but i thought the only way i'm gonna ever be able to do these things is if i get out of here um, and i don't mean to forever because i want to stay in england i want my my home yeah. is what I call it, is England is Oxford so you, you,
0: you, you're you, building your life here in, yeah in, in overall yeah
1: yeah that's right but then just being able to see these things like I have to go and see yeah. I have to educate myself a little bit more
0: would you ever move to another country to live there permanently
1: I think being in America put me off that yeah, yeah really put me off um, just because where I guess at the time when I was growing up I thought seeing all these films and you're like, oh man, I got to get out of here. I think that my mentality was I got to get away as far away from my parents as possible. Mm. Um, And then when I was actually away, I was like, oh, this life's tough, man. (laughs) 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 This life is tough. It's not easy. Saying that, I've been out of home since I was like 19. So going to America, Barcelona, and then going to university for three years, Mm. coming back, going traveling. And then decided I wanted to do my master's and then so going away to Bournemouth for a year. And I think it was only in 2018. So for the last four years, it's the longest I've been at, in Oxford at home yeah. since I was 19 and I'm 31 now. Mm. So it's like, there's something about where I grew up and the nostalgia and having my friends there and yeah. having people I can rely on that just makes me feel safe and secure. So I mm. like being in Oxford. That's why I built my my whole life. My my work is based around being in Oxford. Yeah. And because it's so close to London, I don't feel like the need to travel. Like I know I was late for this. No, no, no. <laughs> but normally I can get to London, especially west, in like an hour or ten. If I need to go to the East, if I'm working, I'll drive. It'll take mm. me like an hour fifty or two hours to get here. Yeah. Um But and it comes to London, I can just come whiz back and forth from my car. Yeah, yeah. If I want to go down to Bournemouth, it's about an hour and twenty. Birmingham is about an hour away. The only real place I have to travel far is if I want to go up north, if I want to go back to Leeds. Yeah. yeah. So I just felt like Oxford was a good space for me to be. Yeah, yeah. yeah. definitely.
0: Um, what's the one thing that people should know about you and uh, how do you get a feeling of importance?
1: How do I get a feeling of importance? Yeah. And, Ooh.
0: And what's one thing that people should know
1: about you? Um, one thing that people should know about me is... I'm very positive about everything. I feel like that's like my superpower, mm. if if you were to call it. I hardly ever let anything get me down, um, and I'm I'm quite a yes type of attitude. Does that like, get, does that ever get in your way? As in, like
0: for instance, like sometimes you kind of see the positive in. Situations that turn out negative, anyways. But you're kind of like, you know, it's, it's almost like um, I don't want to call it delusion. It's not delusional. It's a beautiful thing, by the way. Mm. I'm, I'm only saying this because I can relate to that quality of just kind of being positive about about everything. But I feel like there's been times where like I've been so positive about stuff, and almost to the point where I was delusional, and the thing just turned out negative. But it was still nice to to mm. kind of go through the process in a in a positive sort of light.
1: Um, for me personally, is I think one of the reasons why I can be so positive about literally everything I do is why I'm so laid back about everything Mm. is I think a lot of it has to contribute with my belief. Um, So I'm Christian. And so whatever is in this plane of existence, I can control. Mm. And so if anything that I can't control, it's not for me. And so I don't even think about it. And so, if it's like, if it's God will, if it's God's will, it's God's will. If it's if it's for me, then it's for mm. me. Then it's gonna go the way I need it to go. If it's not for me, then it's not, and I don't even bother stressing about it. Obviously, there's things that, you know, as a human being, you have to stress, and I just feel like it's human nature to think, overthink things, and think about certain situations and how things go and how things mm. shouldn't go. But from the moment. I no, long, I no longer think I can control it. It's the moment where it's like, it's out of my head. Yeah. And at that point, it's such a release for me, which I can be laid back about things. Um, but like things that I can control, that's when I get stressed about it. It's like, okay, I need to do this, 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 and this, and that, like paying bills. Yeah. It's things that I can control. Um, if i ever feel like I'm short on like a certain bill, it just means for me, is like I need to work harder mm. um, so that this doesn't happen next month.
0: So there's a lot of like personal accountability just mm-hmm. to elevate yourself to get to that point that you want to get to.
1: Yeah, realistic. I, I, realistic, I, think, I think that's a good way of living. Yeah, realistic you know. accountability though. Like I'm not going to expect, oh man, if I don't have this Lambo tomorrow, then I've messed up in life kind mm. of thing, right? So it's like step-by-step step thing. Step-by-step um, step, setting up goals that I have in my head and making them as realistically as possible and even to a person that doesn't think that realistically, if I find if mm. out that I can follow this path, mm. and even if I only get halfway there, then I know, okay, well, here I am at this point, but last year I was there, yeah. and these are the goals I was setting up, so knowing that I can get to these goals, it's kind of like my full process and how I navigate through life. Yeah, I like um, that. Yeah. yeah
0: so. so I know one of the things you wanted to talk about today as well was um, you find colors fascinating. Mm. Just in terms of like do you want do you wanna explain it yourself instead of me paraphrasing?
1: Um so so I'm I'm my background is filmmaking and I guess once I was kind of developing my skills as a director and a cinematographer, is I'm trying to and I run a, my own production company as well. So it's trying to navigate through each skill to a certain point where I can communicate what I need other people to do. So when we're talking about filming, I can kind of say the technical s- skills to a cameraman or to a cinematographer about how I want this vision to mm. be. If it comes to like a colorist, I can talk to him about how I want this these colors to emit. And I think with coloring specifically, um, it was always a case of traveling, seeing all these different colors in the sky. When I was in Bali, actually, bro, the sunsets were crazy. And I'm seeing these crazy colours full of life, and I'm like, how does each colour like muddle into like this vast space, but at the same time they own their own space?
0: Does that make sense? No, it makes sense. Like, I'm 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 like super philosophical and I'm I'm my mind is going to like it's not that the colour muddles into it. I think it's the sky that muddles into the colour.
1: Okay. So it I,
0: I, I think I think it's the way around because I was thinking about the RGB thing. Aladdin, by the way, can you can you pull it up in a bit if that's if that's cool? Um so I was thinking about the whole like RGB thing and he, like how did you even create that? Like, you know, like the whole like palette of creating different colours. And I had a question for you today which was around it's like in your think of a color that doesn't exist. And then and then I was thinking about and, and, and I know it's gonna get a little bit like philosophical, but I was thinking about the actual RGB, what what's it called, RGB palette or Yeah, RGB palette Yeah, And how the whole palette itself Is life itself I know it's it's really deep It's it's life itself Because everything in life Connects to that palette
1: Mm.
0: Every single colour in life Connects to that palette There's no colour in life That doesn't connect to that palette So it's interesting how that How our surroundings Can be transferred into the palette For me it's the way around For me it's not that The colours got transferred onto The colours already been there It's just we transferred That onto the you no, know, that's
1: interesting because I guess my approach to it is that color to me is subjective to the person. Mm. So what what even is color anyway? We see color because we're not colorblind, so we we can distinguish um, that something is blue, red, yellow, whatever color it might be. But that's only because of light. So as light travels through the atmosphere and bounces off mm. these things, it gives kind of life to the colours and what we perceive them to be. Well, colors a label, right? Colors a label. Yeah, like colour itself. So how can I
0: explain this? Because sometimes I think about things I can't necessarily art- articulate all the time or something's new for me. So let me try to explain this. So for me, colors a label to something that's already there. Right. So for example like to, like realistically like this is not blue. Blue is just a label to describe what this is. Okay. Yeah. Rather than what it really is. If that makes sense, yeah, yeah, yeah. so so that's the and that's the thing. Colors didn't come first, and a lot of the time, people live life like that. Color, color was the first thing that was invented. Life existed first, mm-hmm. and then we create labels for how we can describe different yeah. parts of life. Language, just, yeah. yeah, language, yeah, basically. So, um, and then obviously, so, so do you want to pull up the RGB palette because that's interesting actually in itself.
2: Um, so, I think sound like this is hard to kind of run through the discovery of it um, because it's so old. But I'll run through what the first... So I, I typed in the discovery of RGB on Google and this is what came up. Um, and I think it's mainly around TV, but the colour the color TV pioneer John Lugie, Lugie? Logie? Braid, demonstrated the world's first RGB colour transmission in 1928 um, and also the world's first broadcast in 1938 in London in his experiment scanning and displaying where were done mechanically by spinning colorized wheels. Wheels? 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 Yeah. So I, I don't know what that means, but essentially I think he just talks about how yeah the discovery and the first demonstration of RGB was 28 and thirty well, Technically
0: 100 years ago.
2: Yeah. And, which is not well, that yeah. long ago. No, nah, it's
0: it. not. So before that, we didn't have that many labels. Maybe, maybe there were certain
1: colors that
0: existed, but not.
1: Nah, yeah. see, but now nah, he's talking about how it came... Into the media side Yeah
0: Okay So colours already
1: existed Long Like the so label colours But, the colors but, but did the RGB so
0: palette Exist before that
1: Nah Okay so I guess I guess what it is Is um, The RGB palette From my From my understanding Came It became a term Used To encompass um, The colours that could be used At the time the easiest colours to be used at a time when it came for television and for broadcasting purposes. Mm-hmm. So you get the RGB palette and all kind of other colours come from that. Now, why is it green instead of yellow? I don't know. That's, yes, that's the um, question I've always been asking. Because you'd think the primary, primary colour should yeah. be red, blue and yellow, but it's green. Um, that, I'm not certain why. I haven't done my research on that yeah. one. I just know it has the RGB um, RGB wheels. I think,
2: yeah, I think RGB is mainly in tech. I think RGB, like, the, the, the the word, the phrase acronym of mm. RGB is basically, it's like the whole thing of like a single pixel has red, blue, and green um, yeah, yeah, and yeah. lights. Yeah. And whichever one, whichever color that the pixel needs, it will turn on and off whichever one it wouldn't oh, be. But I think RGB is mainly in technology, media, monitor screens, whatever. But now we're talking about something even before that, like mm. the actual, the, the the understanding and the visualization of color of orange Mm. of blue of green like actually seeing these colors and labeling them as what yeah i guess
1: guess that that the whole understanding of color has come up potentially since the moment language was being discovered you know as you're looking at something you're like okay what name should we name this thing oh it's grass but
0: Mm.
1: what what is grass is that oh it's this this green thing it's like, so. You understand, like people. It's almost like people can put
0: things in categories. Like so, people rather than going, "This is grass," "This is this," they can go, "What's green? Grass? I don't know. Tree leaves? Whatever." Like,
1: yeah, it's yeah. it's interesting to see, like oh, when you're talking about language, it's just interesting to see, like who came up with these words. Mm. It's kind of like <laughs> there's there's a, there's a joke where imagine what the first person who discovered milk. Mm. So like How that you could get milk From a cow You know how messed up That is Like some guy Or some woman I don't know who did it I probably but would have done it <laughs> I was just being like What's that, <laughs> that Yeah scary. but you but know but When you like being that.
2: that guy That's like Oh by the way This white substance That comes out of a cow's tear Is edible Like how do you know and then now, Yeah we're like, bro thing.
1: Like there's so many Trials and errors That people went through mm. Cause you have to think Primitively Anything Potentially That you didn't know Or that was foreign to you 99% of the time could have most
0: likely killed you. Yeah, I mean, like, look, how did people find out certain things are poisonous? They probably died in the process. Like, yeah. a, like I, I feel like the discoveries that people have, like, created in, in the past, I don't know how many years they've existed for realistically, because, you know, people will say it's this many years or whatever. I don't really know. I don't think anyone knows. Mm. Um, I think people always assume or people have stories of something or whatever, but it's crazy of how many things we've discovered. And how many creations those discoveries led to.
2: Do you know what So, what fascinates me, and I watched a, doc, a mini video essay yesterday about uh, the British, uh, the European empires and how they controlled about 94% of the world mm. in, um, I think it was that like 1950s, like, no, just before or after the 1950s, whatever. But um, it talks about how these empires and colonizers are controlling the world and where they're... They're uh, colonising different parts of Africa And South Asia and what And they talk about all these bad things that they did And slavery etc but they also say The guy also said but well, what else did they do Because they a lot of the, they, So the middle of Africa In that time was called the white man's grave And the reason being is because most, most people That went there never came back Why did they not come back because the, 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 the people there at the time were very like Territorial and, and A lot of the illnesses were like um, What's the mosquito one um, malaria Malaria So that was, that was like one of the main killers of, of a white man Going to Africa So what did they do? They found the cure to malaria And now that's become Like a standard vaccine In the world That of Like now I can get hit I can get, I can get Like stung by a mosquito And no problems But it became came that, that solution came from Colonizers Like finding solutions To these problems So it's like It gets me thinking Like the creation of a thing Where did it come from? And sometimes that it's one of the biggest things That some of the biggest medicines That we have in our world Came from Some of the most fucked up Like like foundations mm. it's, it's fascinating
1: Yeah man It's um I mean I feel like There's A cure for all Diseases mm. um, Somewhere out in the wild anyway mm. um, Just the Amazon I feel like that's got the Cure for anything in the world it's just a case of finding it. yeah. Um, and there's probably, and, and this is just from the tribes in Brazil, um, you have to think these guys were living in huts, no clothes, uh, encountering all different types of stings, illnesses, bites, and whatnot. And they were being cured. But granted, probably their their popularity diminished over the years because of it. But it became like survival of the fittest and then finding, okay, which herbs, which plants can we use to cure this and even until now there's still tribes in brazil there are still going and still in population i guess mm. but not just in brazil you have tribes in asia tribes in africa who would just be using herbal medicines and what nature gives them to be able to do it and i think the idea of the colonization is i'm not saying that they didn't invent it because i don't know but it might have been a case where they saw the practice being used, oh, yeah. and then they monopolized it. Yeah, mm. um, yeah and that. then yeah, and it, then did, it did. became like a, I guess, your white style medicine. Yeah, that they they began to push the agenda of white supremacy over other nations or other countries, saying, "Oh, if you don't take this medicine here, you're gonna die from this disease and this mm. disease and this disease." We see it doing happening right now in the last two years of COVID. You know, um, a lot of people, not a lot of people, but a few people, quite a few people, didn't actually get COVID, and those who did kind of like recovered by themselves mm. without a use of medicine. Some people decided not to take the medicine, so I guess it depends on the propaganda that was being used yeah. at the time, really. What, what, I personally think, anyway.
0: What number of the jab are we on now? Fifth, probably.
1: For I stopped at two.
0: Yeah, now yeah. I stopped at two as well, but I think we're in the fifth. But stopped at zero. Huh? Oh yeah, oh, you're you one of the
1: non-vaxxers in there yeah. I remember oh, I'm not a non-vaxxer no, no. You know what I'm saying Come so I on it, I'll show you. Nah, respect The, the,
0: the, the only vaccine he does is, is Brazilian wax Was
1: that?
0: <laughs> 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 nah, but I heard, I heard you get free pizza on the 7th vaccination anyway so. Free pizza? Yeah who said this? Uh, nah, it's just, uh, <laughs> just a joke. It's just a joke. It's just a joke. You might as well get, like, start getting we'll get we'll get we'll your vaccines, bro. But listen, it's weird though. Like, did you get ill in the last like two months,
1: bro? Okay, so me, I, I'm a person that hardly ever gets ill. Mm. In the last two months, I've been ill twice, and so I read somewhere. or I think someone told me, and at the time I didn't really pay attention to it until recently. But it's because a lot of people got who got COVID. Um, COVID may have actually changed their me- uh, metabol- metabolism. Yeah. Um, no, it's not metabolism, is it? It's, it's immune not meta- system. It's, their immune yeah. system. They, it, so it, it, it just it, it just
0: evolves in it. That's that's, that's yeah. What so
1: I think biologically, COVID may have changed. Obviously, I'm not an expert, in it, so I can't say anything for certain. But this is, just this is not, medical yeah, no medical <laughs> not medical advice. Yeah, this is not medical advice. That COVID actually biologically changed our immune systems, which is why a lot yeah. of people get ill more more frequently than what they used to. Well,
0: I, f- I think well, I think it could be that, or I think COVID is still about just no one's talking about it.
1: Oh yes, yeah,
0: you know what? Actually, so just to clarify on COVID, like COVID's not a new thing. COVID's been about the only reason they call it COVID nineteen because that was a particular strain that was per se more dangerous that came out in two thousand nineteen. But prior to that, COVID's always been called COVID. There was COVID-18, COVID-17, and all these different COVIDs. But I feel like I'm actually I don't know a single person right now, and I know a lot of people who hasn't been ill in the last two months. And some people have been ill multiple times. Mm. So clearly, like if something is still there. And and this is not like I'm making it up, or maybe I'm projecting, I don't know. But it's it doesn't feel like previous years prior to this year. Like this year just feels like everyone's like like last year people were getting COVID. It was called COVID. This year, people are getting flu, but it's not as serious as COVID was for some people. Yeah, now
1: nah, you know what. With me, when I got COVID, I was ill for one day, mm. and then the next day I felt a little bit weak, but I was fine, and then that was it. Yeah, and then I didn't get ill after that for the longest time. This time, when I got ill. Bro, it felt so much worse than what mm. COVID was. I thought it was what COVID was supposed to be. So I'm taking tests and I'm like, okay, well, it's not COVID because my mom works with um with elderly people in it. So I one of the reasons why I took the jab was because yeah, of her. Yeah. Um, but then anyway, I realized, okay, it's not COVID. So what, is this just the flu? But I've never had, I've never even had a flu jab.
0: Mm.
1: So I'm like, is this what these men are feeling? Because this feels garbage, bruv. Yeah And even that So I took I t- the COVID test recently Yeah I forgot How much that test sucked Yeah Bro putting stuff in your yeah, mouth
2: I'm just, like Argh. Yeah Nice nice
0: man. Yeah I had I had a really bad one Two years ago In December That was the one that was Oh what was it called I can't remember the name of it Wait I had a really really bad one That was like one of the worst ones That that was the one that had A side effect of being delirious And stuff Oh so well, Like the, the reality is a bit distorted And stuff So bro I was really feeling it and then it got to the point where, like, I was so ill. I was just really, really ill for, like, five days in a row. I could not even go out for New Year's. I had, like, New Year plans and all of that stuff. Oh. And then basically, was that two years ago, last, or one year ago? I don't even know. You know, COVID actually, like, messed up my timeline in general. Mm. Like, I, 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 I feel like things that happened a year ago happened two years ago. Yeah. Since COVID, like, it just messed up my timeline. Yeah, I hear that. But either way, I woke up one morning and I felt like I had the worst fever ever. And I checked my temperature, That was my temperature was normal. Oh, that's how crazy it was. Yeah. Uh, that's nuts, man. Um, I hate
1: getting old, man. Well listen,
0: um I wanna I wanna get into anime a little bit as well, yeah. Okay. Um, what's your top three anime?
1: My top three anime. Yeah. Oh boy. Okay. I think solely for nostalgia purposes. So I can just add something extra to that as well, okay. yeah. Your top three and what
0: you've learned from it. It can the, the learning part can be uh, brief if you want to.
1: Okay. Um, For nostalgia purposes I have to put Dragon Ball Z in there Mm. Um, Because I think That's uh, the main Anime that got me Into it Um, What I learned From Dragon Ball Z Now Probably as a kid I didn't learn Absolutely nothing From it Other Mm. than how It probably ignited A passion Into drawing But do you think You could have learned
0: Something subconsciously As well Without realising it At that time
1: Yeah, probably Mm. I mean it definitely Ignited things for me like my passion for drawing came from watching these characters and then doodling something on a piece of paper. Mm. And in fact, one of my passions first before doing film was to become a cartoonist. So the I guess the embers of telling stories have always been there from some form or another. Um, now, my second one, I would always say is One Piece. One Piece by H.R.O. Uh, what has that taught me? And that's taught me a lot. One Piece has actually got some really, really good stories um, that I like to implement in things that I'm doing. Mm. So like um, with One Piece in general, it speaks a lot about themes of racism, social class. Um, yeah, it's actually ambition. quite deep. And then if I, if I were to explain it without giving the title of One Piece... I could say loads of interesting things about it And people say Oh what's that It sounds really good Oh it's a little um, Cartoon No it's a little anime Japanese mm. anime that I watch And then people become like Oh Okay I, I,
0: really I, I want to get into that as well Like people's misconception Of what anime is as well But mm. in a second anyways I'll let you finish your
1: um, Yeah One Piece I just really I feel like One Piece In general To me Is Or HRO The, the author Is our generation's J.R. Tolkien Mm. Just his use of like storytelling. Oh, that's one of the things actually I learned from One Piece is storytelling is foreshadowing events so that the reader or the audience have something in the back of their heads that they don't find out about until much, much later. And that's one of the things that anime in general actually kind of put into my head mm. is that withholding information for a greater payback later on, which films already do anyway. But I feel like my first. Um, first uh, encounter that was with in, in anime from when I was a kid. And I guess my third one, it's probably Naruto, man. Mm. Cause it's just cool. Yeah, the, the idea of um, ninjas, ninjas are always the cool aspect I found. And then just giving them like all these powers and the use of chakra, which are all already mm-hmm. human based concepts but exaggerating them to the point where you can do all of this. And I guess the difference between the anime, which is Japanese culture um, based on the majority anyway, is based on real things or myths and laws mm. from that specific culture in the East. Whereas like cartoons, when you think of cartoons, you think of super wacky, over animated. First you think of you're probably like your Tom and Jerry's and your uh, Looney Tunes. But then mm-hmm. you probably think towards your superheroes which are like, oh, the majority of like superhero powers come from some sort of science or some form, you know, spider biting, yeah, a radioactive yeah, yeah, yeah. spider biting someone or like an X gene that comes from like a mutation. So they're all very scientifically explained. Whereas like, and that's in the West, but whereas in the East is very focused on like the law and the so myth yeah, mythical, and the culture yeah, yeah. of... Um, Things that will happen at a certain point in time of mm. that uh, that part of the world.
0: Yeah, I think I think that's something really beautiful about. Because I, I I I haven't watched anime for a little while now, but I used to I used to be like a big anime fan. Mm. Um, I just don't I don't watch anything in general anymore. So I just try to like just do other things and whatnot. So, but I do I do miss watching anime. And and one thing that I really loved about it is uh, there's something about Japanese people and how they tell the stories and how they portray values within those stories. And how some people got by this so Even like Naruto for example Like my biggest takeaway from watching that Was how I shouldn't allow experience defeat me Because there's a lot of different times I could have given up Basically by going through certain experiences But The whole point of just being resilient Just being you know what I'm going to rise above that experience and I'm, to, and I'm going to change Because of that experience mm.
1: um, I feel like As a kid You know, uh, kids are like sponges, isn't it? So things that they see ultimately in a certain one way can shape them to what they're going to become. So whether they see or whether they experience it. So you might be watching, a kid might be watching this, um, this cartoon or this anime about a kid that never gives up and focuses on their dreams, right? As a childish thing to say, or oh, as a child might say, oh, I'm going to do this and nothing's getting in my way because I know I'm going to do it. That's a very blanket statement. Then you're trying to figure out how, how okay, how you're going to do that. And that's something that evolves as you grow up. Probably as you grow up, you kind of forget the thing that truly inspired you to mm. say that thing, which might be like a Naruto character saying, oh, I'm going to become the, the head of the, the village. Mm. Um, but that one little phrase or that one sentence could potentially shape that person to be okay. I want to be the head of my company, um, I want to create my own company, and I want to be the head of it. Even if that gets lost subconsciously, there are certain things that a lot of kids hold on to um, and shape them. Um, my me becoming a filmmaker, my stepdad was a cameraman for Channel 4. Um, so when I came over to the UK, he was. Engrossed in All these editing soft, Doing all this stuff That I had no idea about He's still working on A tape mm. So I'm seeing all these tapes And I'm like Bro this looks like A mess mm. I never want to do this Ever And then obviously Now And this is
0: like The VHS tapes yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah
1: And then so he put My first camera in my hand um, So As I was doing it I just thought oh, This is just a tool. I don't really know What I'm doing I'm just going around I'm filming some stuff And um, And it wasn't until I got to my A-levels where it's like, what am I gonna choose? Well, GCSEs even, what am I gonna choose? And I decided to choose media studies because I quite liked what I was doing with the little camera. I didn't think I was any good at it, but I was probably Mm. more passionate about it or I thought it was more fun to do this than anything else. Um, And this just goes back to the point with things that you see that you think probably won't shape you. Actually, they have such a big role to play in your life. And kids are always watching, man. They're always watching, even if you don't realize kids will be watching you and thinking, oh man, I like what this guy is doing. Not really understanding what he's doing, but they might just be attracted to like the energy. And after they see, look at you once, twice, three times, four times, they'll be like, okay, cool. They begin to understand a little bit more and a little bit more and a little Mm. bit more to the point where they can now make decisions. Okay, do I want to be this or do I want to be that based on the experience and what I've observed from this person
0: no that, that's a really powerful thing so my dad and my mom split i can't remember it must have been like maybe like five maybe four at that time i don't know exactly what age actually i should ask her but um so before they did split like what my dad used to do so he was like um like similar times as well he was like uh, a person used to fix like tvs or fix their vhs video players and that sort of stuff so what he used to do, he used to like give me those things to put them apart with a screwdriver or whatever. And basically, because the he would do, he would take out certain parts and use them for repairs later on. And what I realized actually that experience in itself carried on to the rest of my life, which was around understanding how things work. Mm. So now I've got a selective sort of like, I'm selective with what I want to understand. But before that, I used to be interested in everything. Now I'm just like, cool. Oh, I can't be learning about everything because there's so many different things to learn about. Yeah. But you carry on to my life. It's just like, I want to understand how certain things work. So for instance, like even one time I was fixing my own car. I've done a couple of things with my car, but I was actually changing the fuel pump and I've learned how it works and what it does. And till now to till this day, I've got experience and knowledge in how that works. Right. And I can probably even do it in another car. And,
1: yeah, and I man. know that
0: some cars got two and all these different things, but that's just through the process of like, when I was younger, I was taking things apart and, yeah. then, and seeing how they were built
1: yeah man and even going like to um obviously like this whole experience in, in regards going back to like anime especially like some of these fighting ones like dragon ball z and your the ones that contain battles and violence and whatnot mm. and i guess as a kid especially as a boy um you go onto the playground and you will kind of want to assert that you're better than the other kids, in it? Mm. Sometimes that might be someone say, like a stupid statement, like, oh, I'm stronger than you or I'm faster than you. And then someone, until someone says, prove it. Okay, now we have to race. Yeah. Oh, okay, then now we have to fight or something. And you might lose the race or you might lose the fight and realize, okay, maybe I'm not as quick as I thought. How can I get quicker? Then you might, that might ignite a passion for you to get into sports or something. Mm. Or, or you might lose the fight And say oh actually that hurt man I don't know if I want to do this again You mm. know like you get these experiences And some people they want to go into fight And they want to become professional fighters um, And things like that And some people just get violent So you, yeah. you never really know what Where these experiences are going to take you And where they're going to lead you But none regardless they're there mm. uh, And also one of the reasons why I like anime so much Not necessarily some of these shonen Or these battle ones That you might see on TV but mostly some of these film ones that have been made by like Studio Ghibli's and like these masterpieces of work, um, I've realized that a lot of my favorite films are almost carbon copies of anime films or cartoons that I've already already watched. Yeah. One of the things which I, I found really interesting is when I was watching Inception, it's like one of the reasons why I liked it so much, and I never knew this at the time, but I'm like, I've seen this done somewhere before. And then when I went to watch Paprika, which is uh, one, an old anime film, I was like, bro, I'm watching Inception. Mm. But Paprika came out like 20, 30 years before Inception. And then, and then I started to like, pick around, okay, what other films that I love have are retelling these, these animated yeah. stories. And what, one of the good things, why a lot of these people get away with it a lot of these directors And filmmakers Is Because when you think of anime You think of The demographic That is children mm. But as soon as you put that Into film Okay now you're appealing To the To the To an adult audience Yeah yeah And this adult audience They won't They won't necessarily know That this is taken from Paprika Or this is taken from Another animation You yeah. know They're just gonna say Oh this is Inception Or this is the Yeah uh, because Dunkirk or whatever It might be Or um, mm. other one that Christopher Nolan did um. Oh man. Yeah. Tenet Things like Tenet Yeah, or, well, I watch Tenet Yeah. You know, and and those films, and it's not it's not just Christopher Nolan. There's a lot of other directors that do the same thing. They just take bits and pieces from famous animations, or not even famous animations, but other, I guess, obscure works that mm. the West may not necessarily go out and watch as often. Yeah. Um, I know a lot of it Is inspired by Like Journey to the West Which is A Chinese story That is about A monkey king Traveling to India Um, Even though it's called Journey to the West He's only really going from Like Mm. China to India Which to them is the West But to us We're thinking Oh this guy's doing Flipping (laughs) The east all the way to America Or something like that And even even that Is like a concept For films now Mm. You think of like coming to America it's the same thing, it's journey from the east to the west, mm. even even though Africa is in the... When we see the map, we think as the centre, and then go into the west, which is the Americas. Yeah, I, I think yeah, I think you're
0: definitely right. I feel like they would target an audience that don't necessarily watch anime, and people watch it, and then they might not even pick it up. And some people that watch anime, they probably pick it up, but also I feel like maybe back in the day there was a limitation on how maybe certain shows could be produced. Like, mm. for example, how certain animes could be transferred onto, like, you know, like, sort of real-life recorded shows because, obviously, you know, technology wasn't as great, the CGI wasn't as great, and all these different things. And I, I felt like anime was way more complicated to be created in real life. That's why... I, did you watch the Dragon Ball Z movie? Ah, oh, bro, that is... We
1: don't talk about that. Man. Yeah, <laughs> I know. <that's, laughs> but but, but, this, but this, this, this
0: is a good example of yeah. how difficult it was to translate the actual anime itself into into actual mm. movie. And I think now we got to the point where I'm seeing a lot of Japanese like potential animes that used to be an anime, or would have been an anime, becoming a TV series. Yeah, and some of them are really really good because the technology has got to that point where they can do all the CGI stuff.
1: Yeah, you know, when it comes to like, especially if we're talking about animation series that are being adapted into into films, the biggest gripe of it is that I guess back then was if you're, if you're going to tell a story of that grandness, they say, for example, you'll uh, we'll say Dragon Ball Z because it's Dragon Ball Z. They're trying to cram so much into an hour 20 thing. And one of the reasons why it was done so bad is because they're trying to take so many points from a story that expanded over a hundred episodes. Mm. And that's like what 300, well way more than 300, probably mm. about 3000 minutes into a story that's like 60 yeah. minutes and 20. That plus making sure to nail the characters, the the CGIs and whatnot, it was always down to fail. Yeah. Always, always down to fail.
0: Well, same thing happened to Death uh, Death Book as well. So Death Note, Death, Death, Death Note. Oh, yeah, yeah, same yeah, thing yeah. happened to that. Yeah, exactly. That, that, that was still a better version than what Dragon Ball Z became. But
1: yeah, um, one of the go- I heard, um, and I don't know how true this is, but they're making a live action Avatar: the Last Airbender, but they're not doing it as a film they're doing series. it as a
0: series i think that makes more sense but
1: they're doing it as a one-to-one adaptation so the one the 30 minutes that you saw as as a cartoon yeah is what you're going to get as a real live action that makes perfect sense that's to me that's yeah. perfect and i feel like a lot one of the reasons why a lot of these shows they do so badly is because they're trying to cram too much in um to a new audience that may not necessarily know about it yeah and it comes a lot down to the writing to the directors who they have on board Um, I feel like characters can always be a hit or miss because you can learn to love a new character Mm. but if you're if you're fan obsessed if you're if you're a real fan you want to know okay how are they going to tell the story say for example Lord of the Rings um, the Ten Rings that just come out on HBO that's been adapted from the Lord of the Rings J.R. Tolkien's uh, World of Middle Earth and whatnot. But what I've realized recently is that the Ten Rings of Power, or the Rings of Power, is is not based on any of J.R. Tolkien's work. Mm. So they're completely new characters. And then what I've learned is that the studio only had rights to the appendix of Lord of the Rings. So they couldn't specifically name, oh, this character was there and this character was there and this character was there. No, they can only use the world The the clans, the, the character, not the characters, the, I guess the races of elves and dwarves and hobbits and all that kind of Mm. stuff, but they couldn't dive in too much into each character's stories, which is what I thought was like a downfall for the series. It's a great series. Especially for like
0: people that are fans of it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I love the series.
1: I really enjoyed it, but I just felt that if you're not given the rights to be used something, then you're probably doomed to fail anyway. Take for example... Um, Sony's, Marvel, um, Spider Man's, and your X Men, and your Fantastic Fours, that they made all these films, but they didn't have the rights to them, so they couldn't really tell the stories that we wanted to. Yeah, yeah. Hear, so they did a bad job, in my mm. opinion. Basically. Yeah,
0: no, I'm, I agree with you. Um, but I, f- I felt like a lot of times, what they do, they just use the hype, and yeah. they hope that the hype's gonna like solve the problem, but it's yeah. not. It's not the case, and and yeah. I think, and I think maybe that that that's just maybe there's a certain drive. To get money or like it's like what's the next project and it's like what can we use as the hype to mm. to make money and you know just kind of like just keep the careers going um but there might be a level of like who i'm really passionate about this i don't know to be honest i don't know because i'm I've, I've not really been in the industry too much or i've, I've not really witnessed it so. a
1: lot of it uh, netflix does this a lot is in fact not even netflix actually um a bunch of people do so a bunch of production companies do this a lot is say you're a script writer um you've got this idea it's a great, great idea for a series or a film yeah. or whatever. And you pitch it. And I might say to you and say, oh, that's really, really good. We'll buy it from you. Um, say I'll give you like 100000 for your idea. And you say, cool, here you go. Here's the script. Fine. You're not going to see the script potentially for the next 10 years. You'll mm. shelve it. So they shelve the idea. They'd rather oh, buy your idea that's interesting. so that no one else can make money from it and you've got that in your back pocket just in case you need it. Say, for example, and the script that you might been given to them, they might use the title and you'll see, oh, my, my script's finally being developed into a mm. film. But when you go to watch it, it's nothing like you've written. It's completely different um, just because they have to think about the money and how long it takes them. So to they're make. just
0: buying the IP. Yeah, they're just buying making the, the IP. Intellectual property. So
1: I, f- I think, for example, there was a, a period in time where MMA was really popular, boxing was really popular, during Mm. the Floyd Mayweather and Manny Pacquiao fight. The next thing you know, all of these boxing boxing films started coming out, films about fighting.
0: Like Creed and that. Creed came
1: out. And all these films were already ideas that they had shelved, that they weren't gonna use. And the next thing you know, they're just making them and they're just bringing them out one by one by one by one. And you're thinking, bro, how are they making these films so quick? It's like the Manny, and Pacquiao, the Manny Pacquiao fight is like next week, and I've already seen like six boxing films come out wow.
0: this
1: year. Wow! So it's like it's like that.
0: Do you know what? It just you just I've just learned something new that that's that's insane actually. That that makes so much sense. Mm. And they would utilize the right moment. They're like, cool, we have got this script, this script, this script. That fight's happening. This will be a good time. That's yeah, yeah that's yeah. That makes so much sense.
1: That's why things like Netflix mm-hmm. is like their catalog is so extensive, is because they've already bought all these scripts and they've already bought all these ideas um, that it's much easier for them to just make something that they've got in their shelves yeah. than it is to make a completely new... they just um, got a
0: bank of, of, of movies and stories yeah, and, and all exactly.
1: that. And yeah. that's why like, even all these... Uh, one thing that Netflix has been doing now has been telling uh, world stories. So you might see films from other countries now being featured on the Netflix yep. page. And that's just because they've already acquired the rights to tell these stories. Mm. Um, whether they wanted to tell that, they may have taken the story from like India and say, oh, we're going to tell the story, but we're going to tell it to the English audience. Um, but now that this whole movement of inclusion and representation has been yeah. out, they know well, actually now we might as well just do it for them and then capture that whole demographic of Bangladeshi or Indian um, type of descent people. So yeah. they can buy subscriptions to our 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 service.
0: That makes perfect sense. Like having been on Netflix for about a year and a half now, but while I was still there, there was a lot of like movies coming out at that time that were from you know based in different countries. That you know I was watching it with subtitles because mm. sometimes they didn't have the voiceovers as well. But I I prefer the subtitles anyway yeah, because exactly. I can hear the actual the real voice of yeah. and the emotion, and I might even learn a couple words as well.
1: There's I think there's a real art to um being able to dub. A film mm. that's not in the native it's language, easy, like yeah. it's not easy at all. You're you're probably there as a as a voice artist. You're trying to match the emotion of the scene as well as make it believable to the person listening. Which ninety nine percent of the time, it's not believable at yeah. all. but yeah, it's a hard job, man. And sometimes they pick
0: like, no disrespect to I guess to the voice actors, but they pick the worst actors. They don't even match the character. Yeah, and it's just like mm, I, I think they could have. Picked a better option And, and, and whatnot, But you know yeah. It is what it is um, But yeah man Listen where, where does your creativity Come from Apart from uh, Dragon, Because I know Dragon Ball Z Was one of the Yeah so
1: um, you know, the it, 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 it varies It varies a lot I'm very There's There's A term which I didn't coin it But I kind of I use it a lot Which is um, Inspirational viewing Or inspirational listening or inspirational experiences which is out of nowhere I might be having a conversation with you and I can be inspired by maybe a little thing that you said in that conversation or I might have a dream so that's an experience Mm. um, and I might be inspired to tell a story from that. A lot of colors inspire me if I want to be able to tell a story in in a completely monotone, monoscopic, or monotonic uh, color palette um, I'll think of a scene of that of that nature, or even when during COVID actually a lot I was going on walks. I listened to a lot of film scores, so I listened to a lot of Hans Zimmer, James Newton Howard, a um, couple of other guys as well. And when I'm listening to like their music in my in my headphones, I'm kind of envisioning scenes play out or ideas for scripts that I might have, mm. and I think of like different scenarios and different stories that I could tell based on that piece of music or whatever I'm doing at that time. One of the ones that I kind of um, picked out, Mm. it's one which I'm trying to develop at the moment, is about this, I was listening to music on a random walk one day, and it was just about a Brazilian woman um, working nonstop in the UK, only to send money back home. And this was something that I saw, It's 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 not a story of my mother, but it is, Things or concepts that I Picked up whilst I was watching her Um So about a woman who works Comes to UK and works a lot Only to send money back home Um Where her family thinks that Oh she's got money she can send it off But not realising that Mm. This woman is still having to live her own life here And she's still dealing with her struggles But there's the misconception Is that she's rich over here Um so the inspiration really comes can come from anything. Sometimes when I'm feeling uninspired or unmotivated to do anything, like I'll I'll sit down and I'll watch a film, mm. um, based on like stories that I want to hear.
0: So so is it mostly like accidental or intentional?
1: Accidental, yeah. Accidental,
0: yeah. So it's not intentional. So you don't you don't ever go like today I'm gonna because to me what it sounds like as well like it's it sounded really powerful. It sounds like a lens. So it's like. Inspirational listening It's like and, and I'm talking about myself I'm thinking mm. like Maybe I can just do that For an hour a day Or 20 minutes a day Whatever it is To sit down and go You know what I'm gonna tap into My inspirational listening
1: mm.
0: On my inspirational view And then just, just go like I'm gonna get some inspiration From something Intentionally Because oh. I, I get the accidental thing But just kind of yeah, creating so that intentional I guess switch int-
1: Intentionally yes But it's more so If I've already got a project in mind Say Okay, there's a story that I want to tell. Um, how do I visu- How am I going to visually um, project what I have in my head so that other people understand? Mm. So then I'll go and watch certain things that have a similar genre to what I have in my head. I'll listen to, to certain things. To get some things. creativity. Yeah, you know. to bring some creative ideas. Like one of the short films that I directed a couple of years ago called The One in the Mirror... Um, is about this teenage girl who's dealing with um, self-identity, um, body dysmorphia, eat bad eating habits, and things like that. So, before pitching my idea to the crew and how we were going to tell it, I went out and I watched um, a bunch of like teenage films. I watched mm. like PS2, the Boys I Loved Before, and all these kind of like corny, corny, corny films that I really enjoyed actually, um, and just like seeing like the color palettes and like taking a screenshot and saving that, and then listening now to what kind of music they were using, noting that down, or maybe even randomly listening to something completely different, and seeing mm. how that can clash with maybe one of the other scenes that I was planning. That So I'm thinking of one scene, okay, how can I juxtapose this to something else? Mm. Well, I'm going to go watch something completely different.
0: Yeah, In the opposite
1: direction. So I use that as kind of like my inspirational. View and it's like in how listening. can you
0: like unite two different worlds? As yeah, well? yeah, that's yeah.
1: it. So it's it takes it's it's a lot to think of. But even even like YouTube videos, I might watch like a a little YouTube tutorial that's like a minute long, mm. or like a, a reel on Instagram, and be like, mm. oh, you could I could use this on something or another, yeah. or the techniques. Not necessarily to copy that carbon copy and do that. Yeah. Uh, implement techniques and then probably change it in a way that will benefit my style of storytelling.
0: Yeah. I can't like, at the moment I really hate YouTube, I like YouTube's algorithm. Same with oh, Google, yeah. Google and YouTube because obviously they come, they come from the same company but I really hate the algorithm right now because and I, I think I might be like maybe the minority, I don't know, because I haven't really asked other people about it but because obviously the whole algorithm is there to keep people engaged and spending more time on there because you know they make money like that but the algorithm is annoying me because I'm Find it difficult to discover something new unless I go incognito. So whenever I go mm. incognito, I get different potential videos that I can watch or if I Google search something, I get different search options where like right. when I'm not incognito, they think I want to see something that I already know or I'm connected to you, but it's, I'm, I'm super random. Yeah, I don't care about seeing the same stuff or connecting the same. I, I like to see, I'm, I'm very like diverse when it comes to like watching videos or learning about something else that just drives me nuts, man. I I, I, yeah. I, I can't part with that. Just with the creativity thing, me and Aladdin always say um, we talk about creativity as, uh, and I've I've actually picked this up from Jack Fresco, and we, we spoke about him earlier. Really cool guy. But it's about taking known elements and putting them together, um, and that's, that's what kind of you talk about. But the elements sometimes can be on a very opposite like spectrum mm. of what they are, and just but uniting them is just really incredible. And the thing of like inspiration and just taking inspiration from everything else. Um, I've said this before as well. It's about, you know, like someone else has been inspired by the world. So whoever created that thing, they've been inspired by something else. They looked at something else for inspiration. And I find it annoying when people don't allow their projects to inspire the rest of the world when they right. kind of keep it to themselves or, you know, I find it frustrating. It's like you've been inspired by the world and, you know, allow the world to kind of be inspired yeah. by you, you know.
1: I had you know, there's people that kind of keep their secrets. Um, I just feel like everything that you learned... Is supposed to be taught mm. To someone else Whether you mean to teach them or not mm. Probably someone's going to pick Something up from you or something up from me That's going to either inspire them Or teach them um, something mm. Right so Purposely withholding information To Specifically stop that person From progressing yeah. I think it's foul
0: I, I think. I think so too I think so. I mean, but you know, maybe, maybe, maybe in their perspective, they think they're doing the right thing, um, and, and that's why we know sometimes there's um, there's just a different perspective. You know, mm-hmm. like we might think it's foul to them, it might seem like the right thing to do. Yeah, because yeah, for, well, 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 You know, whatever reason they made up, anyways.
1: I guess like um, it depends on. There's, there has to be a lot of context, of course. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not throwing out blanket statements like "oh, that's foul." There is context to everything that is being said. Um, but if someone's just like Generally trying to bear themselves Unless you give them A reason Why you can't tell them Certain things mm. Then If that if, if I'm asking someone For advice And how Can you do this And someone is Purposely Withholding that information From me Without telling me Why they're Withholding that information From me I'm yeah. gonna feel Some type of way I'm thinking This guy's a waste yeah, man
0: bro. It's a little yeah. bit malicious Like yeah. you know, in, in, in a sense um, so you mentioned that you're very interested in lack of representation when it comes to Latin American people in media. Um, obviously, I'm guessing maybe being Brazilian might have something to do with it. But like, yeah, what's 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 that about? And just in general, like, where did that come from for you?
1: Um, I guess so. Okay, something that I've always lived with my entire life was. Of course coming over from Brazil And having been forced into this Culture of the British Is I'm mixed raced But In I'm mixed raced Within a mixed raced Mother and Father can,
0: can I just say something on that Something just hit my head yeah Cause Like I've been thinking about this a lot When I mean, people say I'm mixed race right But like, I'm not saying you're not mixed race But Aren't you just raced Like it wouldn't it just be like Cause if there's one race And another race At the end of the day Just race right mm. Or are they two different races? Because isn't aren't we a human race? Isn't that the ultimate? Yeah, race? Yeah, yeah,
1: we are. I guess. Yeah. I guess. I. I I'm, I'm I said, just.
0: I'm, I'm just asking because it just. It just hit my head. I was just like, that's. I find it really interesting.
1: I think. I think what I meant by when I said that maybe not race, but like, I know some people do do uh, um, uh, categorize himself as being mixed race because they mm. come from two different races, um, but of me personally is, my mum is half black and half well, like black Brazilian and half, I wanna say whatever Brazilian is at the moment, because Brazilian is just every a little bit of yeah. everything.
0: Yeah, it's just a little bit of everything. So there's yeah. that.
1: And then my dad on my dad's side, who I never met by the way, um, I had heard that he was also mixed with German, black Brazilian and native Brazilian and whatnot. So the Brazilian as a whole Nation is a big hodgepodge of what they are now. Anyway, mm. is a big hodgepodge of different people coming together to create this kind of color that I am. Mm. Um, but coming to the UK, it was it was very more black and white, or you're mixed, or you're somewhere in between. Yeah, right. So coming to the UK and having to kind of explain to people that oh, are you black or are you white? I'm like, no, I'm Brazilian, and it's like, oh, but Brazilian is not a color, and I'm like. I don't know how to explain this to you. Yeah. I guess I'm brown. Oh, so you're blacks. I like, know I'm, I'm like, I'm somewhere in the middle. Um, and so having to deal with that, but not really having to, I guess, internalize it within myself fully until mm. it became a really big thing during the murder of George Floyd. Mm. So now all of a sudden we have, and you can tell this is very recent as well. Right. And, um, so all of a sudden We have Black Versus white And then The rest of everyone Kind of falls in the middle But mm. You're kind of forced To pick a side Almost Yeah Especially if you're If you're kind of Going around saying Oh I'm mixed race Or I'm brown Then You're kind of forced To go into Like kind of like The black side Which I always Identified myself As Brazilian But now all of a sudden It's like it going got question Okay well what am I Um Am I black? Am I white? I knew like I kind uh, of wasn't white, yeah. but I'm kind of like, okay, now I'm leaning towards the black side of me. I think I think ultimately you're human. and And, yeah.
0: and, I, and I think this is what I'm on. I'm, and the whole, like, I, I feel like there's a lot of division in the world and, and, and I think you're right. There is, like, I've, I've seen quite a bit of that. Like, people can't, for example, be neutral around certain situations. Like, mm. either, are you this or that or... Or why do you think like that? And all of these different things. But I feel like that's happening with everything. Like me and Aladdin just spoke about, just before shooting, we spoke about Aladdin, keeps saying there's going to be war between men and women. I'm like, the war's already happening. It's like, you know, through social media or whatever. It's not physical war where people shooting each other, but it's, it's war. Yeah, it's war. You know, it might be war through media, it might be war through conversation. It's very unfortunate, but I hate it's like, concept of like us versus them.
1: Yeah, yeah, bro. Um, I don't, I hate that and, as well. And,
0: and that happens a lot, not just with race. It just happens. Like, it's just, and my thing is just like, but ultimately, the one thing that we all have in common, which is the main thing, like we're all a human being, like we're human being before anything else. I, I
1: think know. it's like, it's an ideology aspect, man. It's like, you know, my ideology doesn't match with your ideology. So mm. we're not going to agree fundamentally. We're not going to agree on certain things up to the point where maybe the things that we disagree on are so big that it becomes violent. Mm. Um, I, can't, I can't stand your way of thinking and you can't stand my way of thinking, so mm. we're never going to get on. Um, but so like, go, just going back to, to that aspect and then me, me thinking like I have to choose a side, okay, and then when I feel like I'm on this side, now I'm being told, but you're not black. You're, you're brown, you're, mm. you're, you're mixed You know don't pick and choose your battles When when it's convenient for you mm. And it's like okay so then the whole third category Of colorism comes involved Which are the people in the middle right And then from then Comes to me thinking okay Well where do the Latino people fit In all of this mm. And so me diving into this I'm, I'm looking at A lot of things that I watch And all the shows that I love And I'm just looking through it and it's like Bro, there is none. There's no wow, Latin yeah. American representation here that's being put in a, a good, positive light. When you think of your Latin American people, they're being mm. used as like drug dealers. It's, or it's a very instead. limited
0: amount in general. Yeah, like, that's right. Not, not, yeah, that's that's right. That's right. I didn't even think about it properly, but now that you break it down like that, and from what I've seen, yeah.
1: And so I'm I'm looking at it, and it's like, bro, how am I supposed to really find my own identity? when i'm kind of having to figure it out all by myself I, I i don't have an understanding of it because yeah. i'm not seen i'm not i'm not being shown my culture is not being seen we're not being represented anywhere mm. so going into the the question that you asked me i'm quite passionate now about it because around the same time that this was happening um a guy reached out to me when clubhouse was popping <laughs> um, yeah, remember that clubhouse. <laughs> COVID times. <laughs> COVID <laughs> yeah, times, man. yeah. Um, this guy reached out to me, I jumped on like a film chat and I was just talking about the things that I do and this guy called Victor Rios, um, he wanted to start this kind of, uh, this, this community of filmmakers called Film Locals, mm. um, to tell and represent Latin American culture, Latin American stories within media. Mm. And so he had this crazy idea, okay, we're gonna make six short films in six days. And I'm like, that is crazy, bro. Like, That is a lot of work, but we did it. Mm. And then just so through that, I got to have the conversation with so many different people from Colombia, Venezuela, Ecuador, Argentina, other people from Brazil, Peru, Chile, Mexico, even though Mexico is classed a little bit further, we still class them as your Latin Americans because they're Latinos. your French Guyanas and all, all of that kind of like hemisphere, mm. um, just kind of feeling the same thing that we're so underrepresented, underrepresented in all aspects of media. Mm. And we realized, well, if no one's going to tell our stories, then we might as well tell it ourselves. Yeah. Even as to recently, and this is no, um, dig on, uh, woman King, but one of the things that really annoyed me about it was the lack of, uh, Representation or, or the misrepresentation of one of the Brazilian guys. So one of the main guys, the actor, I don't know if you've watched, have you watched one? No, movie? I haven't watched it, no. So one of the colonizers, I guess he wasn't even a colonizer. He was with the colonizers, but because he had, he was friends with him, he gained some of the, of the benefits of being in that world. Mm. So he was well-dressed and whatnot. And he was made out to be Brazilian. I need to find out. Obviously, he's to me his accent wasn't Brazilian, and then I go to find out that he's Jamaican, mm. and so I'm like, why can't you just get like a Brazilian person to play this? There's so many, especially in London. You know, I mean, I know this film wasn't made in London, mm. but in around the world, there's so many. No, because this guy is from London. That was the thing. Sorry, that was mm. that was my issue. This guy was from London, and so I'm thinking there's so many Latin American. Actors in London They're really really good That you don't see Mm. But they're there It's just a case of You digging a little bit deeper To find them But they are there And I just feel like Films like this Should be doing Or productions like this Should be doing a better job Of Representing The right ethnicities For their films Um, Even at some points When I'm watching These women It's an African film That I personally think Should have used More African Actors mm. um, You know They John Boyega And um, What's her name I forgot the, What the name Of the main yeah. woman was The woman from From Black Panther I can't yeah, remember I'm, how I'm, how I'm, I'm, I'm not showing What's that The t-shirt right Nah 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 the other one Angela
2: Bassett
1: Nah
2: Give me give me more uh, I'll just, just
1: google uh, if, um, she's, she's one of the warriors Yeah uh, The
2: Danny, Danny The old one yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Danny
1: Carr- nah, it's not her. Anyway, anyway. Just, just, just Google. Anyway, bro. I know. What's the movie? Well, wo- wo- Woman King. Anyway, so, obviously she was the producer. She was a producer and she was an actress in it. So mm. I knew it was going to be based around her. And obviously they used John Boyega as well and some of these other names just to build up the star power so that people yeah. want to come watch but it. I and there's also was- like, yeah, her. She was in yeah, yeah she, was the,
2: she
1: was the main person. Yes she was She's like She's the main
0: warrior The main warrior is Danny Krug. Oh bro I am messing you know, up You know what You know what anyway. yeah I was about to say He's a Marvel nerd yeah And by the way Nerd is not an offence Because nerd means you into something But he's a Marvel nerd So he'll he know the name straight away That's why I was Oh, oh right yeah. yeah
1: Sorry my bad In that case I got, I got the names wrong Yeah no, um, he's,
0: he's a Marvel nerd
1: But yeah So like Obviously she was always going to be the main person Because it's her film She mm. produced it And whatnot. Um but I just felt like it could be more representation for accurate depictions mm. of certain races and in certain films. You see in Hollywood a lot where they're using people to fake accents and do all this stuff, which drops a lot. And, but specifically for that film is what I remembered is that they used the Jamaican guy to play a Brazilian person. Mm. And to your average viewer, doesn't matter because you don't really know. Yeah, but as someone who comes from that background, it's like I want to be able to see myself on TV. Yeah. I want to be able to see myself doing the things that I'm not doing.
0: I think that, I think that makes perfect sense, and I think I think maybe one of the issues around that, I think just in general, I feel like regardless of what's the industry, I think there's a there's a thing to do like networking and you know people that have connections. So you know like if someone's friends, so it goes hey we're gonna be working in this movie and they go, who should we bring on? And instantly they're gonna go, oh, I got this friend, that friend, maybe that person will fit. And I think I think that's how the conversations usually mm. go. Um, one,
1: one of the good things, I just want to highlight this as well, one of the good things about the whole, I guess, approach to being represented in, in media, Latin Americans being represented mm. in media, especially in London, there's a friend of mine who's also involved in the Film Locals project. His name is Sammy Atala, um, along with Victor Rios and a couple of others. They've created this database called um, Latinx Actors UK, if I'm not mistaken, where they've made a database of a plethora of Latin American artists, not artists, actors and actresses, Mm -hmm. that they are now presenting to your places, like your Netflixes and all these things, so that when people come doing their casting calls for, hey, we need a representative from this country to play this role, and then they get in mm. contact And then they use them So they're using this database now Or they're creating so cool, this man. database Which I just think is Exactly what we need
0: 100% Aladdin What did Ashton say? Ashton said Good things come from bad places
1: <laughs> why, well, what? why what smile, Why is my Why is my doing that? <laughs> so
0: I, was, I, was, I was I wasn't, I wasn't
2: here, I was here. Burp, burp,
0: burp, burp, Sorry my bad my what, what
2: was it? Huh? Nothing
0: was
1: said Anyway Good things come from bad yeah, no, that, places Yeah,
0: What came before that? Oh bro,
1: that was a lot. <laughs> I was. I was
2: attention.
1: It was, I was
0: nothing. It's, like, it's okay, bro. Don't worry. You keep watching your football game or whatever you're doing. Watching food on Instagram. You're watching bro, food yes. on Instagram. That's nice. Can you give me some?
1: Yeah, bro. Same.
0: All right. Listen, <laughs> I, I've, I've got I've got um I've got one more question for you. Yeah. Oh, and I've got a couple more after, but basically, I've got one more question before we start checking out. Um, how do you want to be remembered?
1: Ooh, okay. So, how do I want to be remembered? Mm in what sense to the to the world or to the people who i love
0: i guess we can do both but then you want to be remembered differently yeah to the people that you love and to the world that's yeah. that's that's interesting that's an interesting
1: i mean cuz why
0: why why well i guess i'm not going to ask you why you want to be remembered differently but
1: i mean cuz when you let people into your life everyone has a layer of how much you you allow yourself mm. to be known to them, right? But then,
0: what what happens if everyone remembers you the same, like whether it's a family or the rest of the world does that Does that make it less meaningful?
1: I mean, I I don't think it would mean anything because mm. I'll be dead. Um, you know, <laughs> once, <laughs> once once I'm gone, I'm gone. You know, here it is, yeah. what it is. I did I did my thing. If this is what you remember me for, then okay. I mean, I would like to be to the world. Say, if I get to a point where my career is is What I would like it to be and more is, I would like to be remembered as a great director Mm. um, who has established a great production company that is lived out through the generations and able to give jobs um, to everyone in the industry. So, I guess if we're talking business wise, I want to be competing at those top levels as Mm. a I guess an entrepreneur within the film world to be able to contribute to society within film Mm -hmm. um, through my films, through the company that I'm running and just be an overall successful entity um, in the world. Now, Oscars and all that kind of thing, awards and accolades, that whatever it might come with it. Now, to my family to the rest of, to the rest of like people who I see close is I want to be remembered as a kind given um thoughtless, selfless mm. um individual who loved his family loved his friends um and wholeheartedly did things for others mm. um I would also like to be remembered as that I am Christian and so the things that I do is in service to god mm. um for my own sake i would hate for my i guess my image to be tarnished um with things that weren't true about me i guess the last thing that i want is people to tell lies on my name yeah um, things that weren't true uh in that sense but yeah i just want to be remembered as a kind loving person who wholeheartedly gives to the people who cares about, mm. um, to my friends and family, and to the rest of the world, man, I just want to boss up and yeah. just. <laughs> no, I love that. Yeah, do I love that, great Things.
0: I love that. So Aladdin, do you want to drop the? Because Aladdin's got like a new twist on the question, so I'm just gonna. I'm, I'm learning from Aladdin today.
2: The, the last two year.
0: Mm, no, you dropped the the one before the last, and I'll drop the last one.
2: Alright. Oh, it's been a long day. So, um, essentially, as a question, as uh, the question is. What do you want to promote, right? Um, but I'd like to split into two questions. So the first one is, what do you like to promote that belongs to you? And the second one is, what do you like to promote that doesn't belong to you?
1: Okay. Um, so I'll start with what I want to promote that belongs to me is myself as a director and as a cinematographer, as an overall storyteller um, that can take concepts and ideas and create them. I feel like as filmmakers, we can literally do anything. Like we're this world's um, real magicians to a sense. Mm. Like we can take foreign concepts, we can take foreign worlds and foreign ideas and ideologies and put them all together into something that's enjoyable to watch. Um, So to promote myself, I want to be able to offer that services as a director with my own equipment, with my own crew, to be able to tell stories, um, whatever they might be. As long as I can appreciate them and enjoy the idea behind them, then I can get it done. Um, to promote others, something that isn't mine is there's two. Can I promote two? Go nuts. Uh, yeah. Okay. Not one not of them is one. obviously there's Film Locos, which is um, the Latin American storytelling platform uh, that my friend Rick Victor Rios has uh, developed. Um, we tell we tell. Latin American stories and we tell them. So we're trying to make more representation for the Latin American community. The other one is um, Latin X Actors UK, which is the database for Latin American actors and actresses in the UK, which I hope more and more people get to know so that you see more representation of the Latinos and Latin American people from South America in these big productions like Netflix your Amazon Primes your Disney's and your bigger Hollywood productions so that's those two and finally I'm sorry because I've actually got this in my no, pocket no, no, here no,
2: if you have more if you have like a hundred um, we have time for it
1: this is oh, hello. my friend's book we uh, yeah yeah <laughs> I, no, I've been reading this um, my friend's book uh, Right Place Right Time by Raymond Pelecamoyo, which is a story about a third culture kid who um, travels from place to place kind of like creating a, a home for himself mm. um, so super interesting I'm going down to uh, chapter four but I feel like it can communicate to a lot of third culture kids who have gone through the same experiences of changing homes and establishing themselves in a completely foreign place like I myself I'm a third culture kid and I'm looking at this book um, not because I know him personally um, but just because some of the stories that he says it's just like yeah yeah I get this I understand mm. Um Concepts of like Bullying and concepts Of not feeling Welcomed in this new place Are all concepts That he writes Which are really uh, Really hit home In certain aspects Whilst I'm reading this Yeah Sounds
0: relatable Sounds relatable That's
2: it Um, Just before you drop That last question I do want to share something So for those Who don't know know, I met you um, On a project That I produced Two years ago Um, And since then I've been following A lot of what you do Watching a lot of your stories Looking at a lot of your posts and essentially what I want to do is to let you know And let people know that you are an inspiration for me personally And I'm assuming for a lot of people um, And what inspires me the most about what you do Is is of course that like, you do a lot of what I want to learn But you, I actually know you personally I have a conversation with you every now and again And I can invite you on a podcast And like, I can see like Christopher Nolan and, and the, the Russo brothers as inspirations But I can never have a conversation with them and that's one of the most powerful things about having a role model. Is people ask talk about like who's a role model, and people share about share those who are famous or popular, and you've you never had a conversation with these people, and that's like that problem with the whole don't re, don't meet your role models because they might break your heart. But if you know your more role mod, your role model personally, that can never happen. Well, it can happen, but like it's very mo, very difficult to happen. So I did not want to share that. I want to you know well I should have done this moment private, but doesn't matter. But you are inspiration for myself and your inspiration for a lot of people. So what you're doing is amazing. Please, if you plan on stopping, let me know. Let me take. Let me take over,
1: <laughs> bro. Jeez, yo, that was lit, man. That was amazing, my brother. Thank you so nah, much. I do that more often. Um, I really appreciate that. That yeah. means a lot to me hearing it. Um, I feel like as a as a self employed, especially when you're working on your own craft, mm. um, you don't hear words of appreciation enough yeah, yeah, yeah. and. Yeah, to me that just means a lot man Thank you mm. so much
2: uh, Like Leo knows this a lot about me Like my main passion is technology So your video of you Building your camera rig I watched that at least that like Three four times Oh, Because I like the whole I like Like a lot of what I have right now Is based on that video Because oh, You know what I'm saying So like Yeah man This is, this is from, from two years ago To now man Big inspiration so Thank you that.
1: brother I'm very humbled to hear you say that so, Thank oh, you that, so that was a
2: beautiful moment. That's the last man. question, man. I'm almost speechless. No, I'm. I'm
0: never taking a piss. That's how <laughs> no, 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 like. <laughs> Do you know what it is? Yeah, I find it really difficult to say something that's nice to Aladdin, where he f- doesn't think that I'm taking a piss. No,
2: no, I know you're not taking a piss, but I can't respond. I don't have to respond. So my um, two responses, joking.
0: <laughs> all right, cool. My response is, I'm gonna ask you the last question. Okay. Um, so in the near future, or maybe a bit more distant future, the near future, whichever future is gonna come. Um, actually let me say it like this in the present moment in the future that you're going to reach um, when you get a chance to tell something to 8 billion people uh,
1: what do you want to tell them what's the message they want to put out there <sighs> to 8 billion people oh my goodness that is crazy um, don't over complicate things you know Get take what's given to you every day And just make the most of what you can with it. Um, Whether that it's to achieve your own goals or just to survive um, in the means that you're living at right now. Don't take the things for granted and just do what you can. There are people watching you, even if you don't know it. Um, uh, Carry yourself respectably and do the best. That's that's, that's all I can offer Mm. to people, um, wherever that might be. Whether you're chasing your dreams, or whether you're just working for someone else is do what you can with what you have. And I'm sure things shouldn't go too wrong. Yeah.
0: That's a that's a great message, man. And uh yeah, man, gratitude for coming down from the Harry Potter <laughs> Oxford.
1: <laughs>
0: from the Harry Potter ends.
1: Yeah, well, I, I should have come in my broom, man. I would have been here quicker. Yeah, you should have just just flown in your room. Wow. Also, just to yeah. so know I wanna say I I really don't like Harry Potter. Yeah, but yeah, but like listen on, on, on the
0: Harry Potter note. Yeah, just the other day on YouTube, I saw um, the new Harry Potter game The are creating. Yeah, I've heard of it. Oh my days! Do you know how sick it is. is good. Yeah, I'm not a Harry Potter fan, anyways. Mm. But the game looks sick. Yeah, it's like an open world, like kind of sort of thing. What,
2: what console is it on? PC or I, I don't know. I, I didn't there's go that far. Is something to make it exclusive to that? I, to I, I don't
0: know. Like. I'm not gonna play it. I'm just I just looked at it. You know? I
2: was never into Harry Potter. I think yeah. I think that's one of the things. Like I think Harry Potter is one of those things where. Like that game is designed For those who like it So they understand Mm. the lore Like the Spider-Man game That came out a couple years ago I'm a big Spider-Man fan So when that game came out I was like yeah I was all over it
1: See I'm more of a I'm more of a Lord of the Rings And Star Wars type of guy Star Wars? Yeah yeah So one of the first films That I watched in the cinema Ever Was Star Wars The Phantom Menace And so like I'm watching it And I'm like oh, snap, these men have laser swords. Mm-hmm. And they're out here going, thoo, 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 and then yeah. blasting, and I yeah. see spaceships. And the next thing you know, the flipping devil comes out with his two lightsabers oh, and sting out. Yeah. And I'm like, I didn't know what his name was. Yeah. Like, to me, he was the devil. <laughs> he was like, he's red, black, and he's got two lightsabers. Oh, yeah, and, t- 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 yeah. t- and I'm like, this is crazy. And then with Lord of the Rings, it was like, to me, it was just an adventure masterpiece. Mm. Like, as a kid, I'm watching it. And then probably one of my biggest things, if I'm ever known uh, to make anything relatively close to what Lord of the Rings is, I'll be very happy with my career. Yeah. I should probably watch those movies. Sing come, man. Sing yeah, man. man. Sweet. Is that? Yep. Sweet, my bro.